This is the Movie Theater Butter Podcast, where we talk about stories made into movies and what was modified for the big screen. As a warning, this episode will discuss the plot of both the movie and its original source material, so be ready for spoilers. I'm your host, Kim Labick, and I hope you enjoy the show. So today we are joined by none other than the one and only Anna Young. Hello, Anna. Welcome back again. Hello. (laughs) Thank you. Always happy to be here. Hell yeah. So today we're kind of doing a little bit of an unconventional episode. We're actually not talking about one specific adaptation. We're touching base on a handful of adaptations, and those are the Oscar nominations for Best Adapted Screenplay feel like this is going to be a good way to sort of yes. bring us into the new season, um, talk about some very important adapted screenplays, and some that might have also been a little bit snubbed. So let's start yeah. off, and we're going to talk about Glass Onion. So Glass Onion was adapted from the character of Benoit Blanc, the one that Ryan Johnson created from Knives Out. Knives Out was um, mm-hmm. 2019 was when that one came out. So first, I want to ask you, actually, let, let's go through it a little bit, and then I'll ask you if it deserved the nomination. Okay. So I just watched this sure. one for the first time last night. Um, okay. Really fun, kind of exactly what I expected, and also, like, you know, the totally. fun little twists and stuff here and there. Um, I like that it was, I like that it's a very unique sort of adaptation, because it's almost like we haven't had, it's kind of like a James Bond thing, right? Yeah. Like, we haven't had something where, like, the character is the only thing that carries over. And, like, the tone carries yeah, over, frankly, but, like, no one else. Yeah, I I mean, I just learned when we were getting ready to do this episode that, like, sequels and such counts as adapted. I didn't know that until this go-around. Yeah, honestly, to be fair, neither did I. And that also changes the entirety of my podcast because now I can do sequels. <laughs> but that just, that just means that my next episode, or basically, this means that I can do Shrek 2. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. So finally I can do Shrek 2. I can do High School Musical 2. I can do true fucking anything. So that opens up a lot Both for me. sequels that I consider better than the original. Oh yeah, 100%. Personally. Kind of the only yeah. sequels that I consider better than the originals. <laughs> There's like 10. Some of the few. Yeah. 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 But back to Glass Onion. So Glass Onion, um, the only thing that sort of carried over from the first movie was the tone, obviously the murder mystery of it all, and the mm-hmm. character of Benoit Blanc. Everything else mm-hmm. was new. The story was fresh. All other characters were fresh. Um, which, you know, again, was very refreshing to see, that sort of a thing. Yeah. And not just have it be, like, mm-hmm. a direct sequel. Uh, which, it did make the marketing a little bit difficult, I will say. Because now it's clear that we have to call these movies, like, Knives Out type movies. You know? Right. They're, I mean, it's, I, aren't they calling them, like, the Benoit Blanc trilogy? I don't know trilogy. what they're calling them. Is there, like, There's a name a for this? Well, there's going to be way more of yeah. them because there's like an ongoing deal with Netflix. And I hope there's more of them. They're great. They're delightful movies. Yeah, dude, 100%. And also, I wanted to mention on Glass Onion and on Ryan Johnson, what a comeback. Because The Last oh, Jedi yeah. came out and that was like Ryan Johnson's sort of biggest claim to fame, his big break. And initially, it felt it felt like everybody kind of hated that movie, which I also, I disagreed with. I think that was my favorite of the new trilogy but The I Last agree. Jedi came out. Everyone was like, fuck Ryan Johnson. Fuck Ryan Johnson. Yep. And he could have just like crumbled. He could have crumbled and been like, wow, I suck and everybody hates me. Not. Let me just go back to doing like, you know, indie art house things or something. And he said, no, yep. fuck that. I'm talented. I'm going to go do shit. I want to take one second to say that I'm a massive Ryan Johnson stand. Hell yeah. I 
love all of his movies. Uh, Brick is great. One of his first movies uh, with Joseph Joseph Gordon-Levitt way back in the day. Looper, slappy movie. Mm. So slappy. Um, Oh, shit. That's Ryan Johnson. Yeah. He makes great movies. And I'm so happy for him that he is highly regarded again following Last Jedi. I also love his wife. His wife is Karina Longworth, who is a podcaster. Mm-hmm. Does uh you must remember this, which is one of my favorite podcasts of all time. She's iconic and I love that they are married. I learned that recently that they are married. And it makes sense if you listen to the podcast. She I mean the podcast is about classic Hollywood and it's so good. It's great. So I I love them. I love Ryan Johnson. He seems like a really nice guy. He does. Um, And he also is like a genuine lover of film, which I always love from a good director. Yeah. And you can tell that in this movie in the way that there's definitely, there's definitely influences from old time Hollywood. There's definitely influences from classic murder mystery, classic detective type stuff. Um, But it's very, another thing I loved about it though, is it's very refreshed. Kind of in, kind of in the same way that I loved The Last Jedi. I loved that it, you know, it kept the fun, it kept the tonality, it kept the characters, but it also refreshed it because that story yeah. needed to be newer. It needed to be that balance. And I thought I thought he struck that balance very well personally, but I I heard someone I think it was on the Big, Big Picture podcast, they were talking about Glass Onion and uh the host made an interesting observation of what Ryan Johnson tends to do in a lot of his movies, which is he kind of deconstructs genre and often deconstructs the system of movies and what you expect out of certain movies and he does that you know he did that in last jedi he deconstructed what you expected from a star wars movie Mm -hmm. whether you liked it or not and he kind of does that in glass onion too i think uh he made the point of like um you know destroying the mona lisa spoiler yes i don't know if we're doing spoilers oh yes you know destroying the mona lisa (laughs) is um of course not expected because it's considered one of our great arts right like to destroy the mona lisa is is kind of a, a funny way of of deconstructing the system and the genre in the movie. So I, uh, I appreciated yeah, that. Yeah. And it felt that moment felt a little bit, um, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino, just in the sense that like inglorious bastards, that kind of thing where he like rewrote history, because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, as far as we know it, and I'm not like an art expert, but as far as we know it, the Mona Lisa still exists today. Nothing has ever happened to it. But right. like, that was a right. cool way of being like, what if it just fucking did? What if it just fucking blew up? Right. Right. Did you, like Glass Onion more or less than Knives Out? Ooh, that's a really good question. Uh, kind of less, and I feel bad saying this. Yeah. I very much, I did enjoy the movie. I enjoyed Glass Onion. And if and when we have a full episode, I'll talk a little bit more in depth about it. Um, sure. But I do think Knives Out was better. Yeah. I think part of that is probably just Same. like Anna Diarmas is incredible. So yeah, good. Chris Evans is really good in Knives Out too. True. Oh, also... On a quick Oscar side note, what do we think about um, Anna Diarmas being nominated for Blonde? Oh, yeah, since we had discussed Blonde. I mean, listen, she was the best part of the movie for me. I'm happy for mm-hmm. her. I think she gave a really good performance, a really strong performance. Uh, you know, the best actress category in itself is kind of a separate discussion with uh, some interesting nominations this yes. year. So, uh, you know, it's a little bit of controversy there in general, but happy for her. But uh, I-, I hope that Blonde kind of gets lost to time. So I- I'm definitely <laughs> not necessarily rooting for her. Yeah, totally. no, I completely agree. And while we go back to Glass Onion for a second, um, I have two more things that I want to say, and then I'll ask you the question of did it deserve it? Um, I wanted to point out... And I didn't fact check myself on this, but tell me that that was Ethan Hawke in that cameo in the beginning. That was, yeah. the, okay, thank yeah. God. The guy who s- sprays the stuff in their throats, yeah. that's Ethan Hawke just showing up in France or wherever they God, were. God, what a guy. Or Sp- I don't remember where they were, Greece, something like that. 
He just shows up. Yeah. I love that. He's incredible. He's been really fucking nailing it lately. Same. Agreed. Mm. Lo- I love Ethan Hawke. I think he's awesome. Hell yeah. Okay. And so the the final question, do you think Glass Onion deserved the nomination? Sure. I'm fine with it. I mean, I don't think it's like the most exciting screenplay of all time, mm. but uh, I'm happy for Ryan Johnson to get his flowers. I think he deserves attention. I think it's a strong screenplay. Um, I mean, it's a clever screenplay, right? Like, I think any good detective screenplay involves some clever writing, and this has clever writing in it. For, so happy for him. Sure. I don't think it it blew me away. I don't think it deserves to win, but I'm fine with it getting a nomination. All right. Fair enough. And I would actually say no, unfortunately. And okay. I really did enjoy this movie. No offense, Ryan Johnson. I don't think it deserved the nomination, and that's because because I host a podcast all about adaptations. I, I spend a lot of time in the year watching sure. different adaptations. And I have a whole list sure. down here that I'll go through later that I think probably deserved it a bit more, you know? And okay. not, not I, in a terrible I look forward way. to hearing Yeah. That. And one of them, sure. spoiler alert, one of them is The Black Phone starring Ethan Hawke. I don't know if you saw that, but that was incredible. I hated that movie. <gasps> what? I hated it. Oh, we're going to have to fight hated about it. this. I, it, I hated it. We can fight about it. I wow. hated it. Okay, so you're going to have to be on the episode where we talk about that then. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. So our next nomination is Women Talking. And this one was adapted from a 2018 novel by Miriam Toes. Mm -hmm. um, And it was also sort of adapted slash based on true events, unfortunately. Unfortunately, Um, yes. All too true events. Honestly, there are a disgusting amount of instances of sexual assaults and particularly in cults. Um, This film... I'm going to be honest, I was supposed to watch this last night as my homework, and I did not. And part of the reason I want to talk about, part of the reason is I've realized that I've grown to have this, like, fear of films that showcase sexual assault. And I think it's a very valid fear. I think a lot of us kind of have that natural anxiety going into it. But I will say the, the trailer makes it seem like it's probably going to showcase that. However... It was directed by a woman, so it makes me think that if and when it does showcase, it will do it in a more, in just a better way, you know, that doesn't sort of re-traumatize or sort of like pseudo-traumatize others. It more or less just uses it not for the shock value, but for being like, this is an event that happened in the story. Let's go to what's next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I so I have not seen this movie yet either. Honestly, for similar reasons, I just... The older I get, the less enthusiastic I am about watching movies that I know will just make me sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, I kind of want to have some fun when I watch a movie sometimes. So uh, I didn't exactly race out to see this movie. But, uh, you know, I feel confident in Sarah Polly's ability to make a a thoughtful adaptation of this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not necessarily going to, like you said, re-traumatize. Uh, so... I feel like I would think this was a good movie. The cast is amazing. Yeah, incredible. The, the cast of this movie is just like crazy good. Um, and like I said, I like Sarah Polly's work. I've seen some of her other movies. I've seen um, Away From Her, uh, which I think she previously was nominated for an Oscar for back like 10 years ago or more than 10 years Hell ago. Yeah. So um, she's a thoughtful filmmaker. I love obviously watching uh, films directed by women as much as mm-hmm. I can and supporting them. I just have not had a chance to see it yet. But... My understanding is this is the front runner to win the Oscar. Really? Ooh, I yes. would have thought it was Top Gun. So, hmm. no. So, so I'm for the listeners, huge Oscar girly. Mm. I have followed the Oscars very intensely since I was like ten. Years you old. and I, I know you my and I were there, the live messaging each other when the yes. slap happened last year. 
Would the slap happen? Yes, I I am a devoted Oscar watcher. I um, plan to bet place some bets with real money Ooh. on the Oscars this year. I take it very seriously. I know my nominees, and it sounds like Sarah Polly will likely win for the screenplay. Good to so, know. I'll put it on uh, my ballot. Have having not seen the movie, I can't speak to whether it's that strong or not. But I would imagine it's a pretty strong screenplay. Yeah, and it definitely, you know, like I said, I kind of got a little bit too emotionally tied up in it yesterday to watch it but i do really want sure. to see it i want to see it while it's still in theaters to be able mm-hmm. to give it that sort of love and respect and also yeah. while i'm yeah because it's it's not out on streaming yet i don't think right I yeah did a spin for it yesterday and i was going to try to watch it this morning and i couldn't find it anywhere to watch yeah it. it's not on yet which is good and also kind of speaking yeah. of like oscar yeah. nominations and theatrical releases i don't know if you know this if i've mentioned it before but living in la we have a really unique opportunity to watch a lot of these oscar nominations of course closer to the actual oscars because a lot of these films get re-released in theaters so that, yep, you know, sure. people in the Academy can go see it. If you have that fancy little DGA card or that fancy little Academy card, you can just show it at the theater and they let you in for free. It's a good time. So, but that means that we also just have things. the opportunity to see a lot of these back in theaters. So I'm kind sure. of hoping, I haven't looked it up yet, but I'm kind of hoping I can re-see or re-watch Top Gun. Oh yeah. I've seen it twice in theaters. Yes. And it's so good. Dude, that Dolby sound. Oh, that Dolby sound. Oh, I don't want to, if we're, are we on Top Gun now? I won't talk too much about Top Gun until we're on Top yeah, Gun. Yeah, we'll, we'll move on to that. But to wrap up women okay. talking, do you think it deserved the nomination? I, I mean, I can't say because I haven't seen it, but I mean, it sounds like a compelling story. And it sounds like a story that is ripe for a strong screenplay. Yes. Right? It's literally called Women Talking, right? So there's probably some good dialogue in the screenplay. Uh, a lot of really good actresses. So, you know, I can't speak too much to it because I haven't seen it. Uh, it sounds like it probably deserved the nomination. Hell yeah. I would agree. Same with the sentiment that I can't yeah. fully say because I haven't watched it yet. But all signs yeah. point to Yes. To sound like a, a magic yeah. eight ball. All signs point to yes. Yes. All right. And next we're going to move on to a film called Living, which is, again, our third nomination in yes. this category for adapted screenplay. This movie was adapted from a 1952 Japanese film directed by mm-hmm. none other than Akira Kurosawa. Yeah. And it was, the story was also loosely inspired slash adapted from an 1886 Russian novella called The Death oh. of Ivan Ilyich. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. So part. it was like I knew it was a Kurosawa movie, but I didn't know the novella yeah, part. It's a double adaptation. That's what I'm going to start calling double, it now. Double. Um, so this is another one that I haven't seen yet, and I'm going to be kind of honest. Even though it's nominated, I don't really want to see it. There's there's nothing I've heard yeah, of it, and kind of the very minimal research I did on it made me feel like I would rather watch the. 1952 Akira Kurosawa than like yeah, this one. I agree. And no offense to Bill Nighy either. No, I read the plot synopsis because I'm just low key not going to watch this movie. I hadn't even heard of this movie until the Oscar nominations came out. Had you heard of it? Nope. I hadn't heard of it. Which movie. is crazy because again, okay. I live in Los Angeles. I hear about yeah, every movie. I, I feel like I'm pretty plugged in. Yeah. I had not heard of this movie at all. Bill, is it Bill Nye? Bill Nye? I don't know how Bill to say Nye. his last name. Bill Sorry. Nye the Science Guy. He's an guy. icon and I love him. <laughs> yeah, Bill Nye the Science Guy. Love him. He's an icon. He's also nominated for Best Actor for this movie. Happy for him, but I read the plot synopsis and it sounds like the saddest movie ever. Yeah. I don't need to watch it. I'm good. And also, I'm let's good. be honest, hot take, but not even a hot take. This is like a medium temperature take. He should have been nominated for Pirates of the Caribbean because absolutely an iconic character absolutely brought him to life in more ways than one. He's so fucking iconic. Anybody who's seen that movie yeah. who has seen him as Davy Jones, like even take away the CGI, his performance is phenomenal. He slaps. 
And it's really yeah. good. Honestly, nominate him for Love Actually. Yes. No- nominate, love him and Love Actually. Nominate more films that aren't just like sad drama films. God damn. For real. Because he brings it in Love Actually. He's great. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree with you on all these takes for the movie. I don't think I will watch it. But I did want to talk a little bit about the writer of the screenplay. Go for it. So I don't know if you did some digging on, on who wrote the screenplay for this. I, I Apologies if I do not pronounce his name correctly. Kazuo Ishiguro. He is one of Japan's great author- authors. He's a novelist. Ooh. I read a couple of his novels. I actually really like Japanese style of novel writing for some reason. I read a lot of Japanese authors. And he wrote Never Let Me Go, which is a great book. And you should 100% read it. It's a sci-fi, almost like coming of age romance book. Okay. It was also adapted into a movie with Andrew Garfield. And I'm forgetting who else is in it. But I really like his work. He also wrote The Remains of the Day, which is considered like one of the greatest novels in recent decades. He's incredibly he won a Nobel Prize for literature. He's like a very esteemed author. Damn. And I believe this is his first screenplay or if not one of his only screenplays he's ever done. So very interesting that he did this. I mean, it checks out with it obviously being from a Kurosawa movie that a Japanese author would be interested in, you know, adapting the screenplay. But I thought that was really interesting. So that, is, so. so that also might make me think that this nomination in particular is less about the actual film and the actual final product. But again, sure. more about the screenplay, which specifically the right. category is best adapted screenplay it should be about the screenplay but sort of in just the way that it goes it's often more or less judged from the final product and we only get to see i do love though i do love those times in the oscars when they're like interior office 7 p.m and they like read through it the screenplay on the screen like the line yes i can't wait for the day that like one of mine is nominated because the way that i write is sometimes it makes sense and is good and then other times i write dumb fucking shit in there just for me and for whoever's reading it. Manifest it. Yeah, and I want them to just read the dumb shit. I can't wait. It's going to be great. (laughs) I also wanted to note that uh, Ishiguro's Wikipedia page in his personal life section, it said, he is a serious cinephile and a great admirer of Bob Dylan. Aw. Same. I love that for him. I love that that's his Wikipedia section. He sounds very unproblematic. Yeah, sounds like a cutie. I I love that for him. So. He does sound like a cutie. Do we think it deserved the nomination? Again, haven't seen it, but yeah, it seems like it's probably a solid screenplay if one of the great Japanese writers wrote it. Yeah, it's probably a good screenplay. Yeah, I would say the same. Honestly, I wrote down in my notes that I can't say and likely not, but having that information that it was like one of the greatest writers of our generation, I feel like it probably does. And I should probably do my homework a little bit more and read the screenplay at least if I don't want to watch it. That's true. Give it a skim. They're all online. You can always find a screenplay online. Reading screenplays is fun. I love it. It is. All right. So we are finally on to Top Gun Maverick, the big big budget ticket of the year. One of the films that sort of has, you know, very notably like brought cinema back, so to speak, from pandemic levels. One of the top grossing films of the year, for sure. I think it technically was number one because Avatar didn't surpass it until 2023. Right, right. And also fuck Avatar. No offense, but also fuck Avatar. (laughs) I'm not a big Avatar girl either. I like the second one more than the first one, but Top Gun... That's my Yeah, Top Gun was so fucking good. It was so fun. It was like everything that you wanted from that movie. It was perfect. I consider it a perfect film. It's one of the best movies I've seen in years. It's great. I love this movie. 10 out of 10. I do. It's great. It's exactly what I want when I go to the movie theater. And also just the quick history of it. We already kind of know, but this, you know, Top Gun Maverick was adapted from the characters and the stories of the original Top Gun, which was released back in 1986. This is one of the longest waits for a sequel same as like avatar funny enough both sure. of these are like one of the longest yeah. waits for a sequel yeah it's kind of wild well worth it worth the wait definitely worth the wait worth the wait oh my god and also that's a this is a film where like you know i'm a very pacifist person i'm very 
critical of the military. I think there's a lot that we really, really need to yes. fix at large in that. Which I want to discuss more when we talk about the last nominee, but we'll talk about that. Yes. A bit. But on the on the Top Gun front, yeah. it was so funny because when I went to go see this movie, um, and I went to go see this movie when I still couldn't walk. So I was like on a peg leg. I had an sure. injury earlier this year or earlier last year. Mm-hmm. But it like it made me forget about that. And I was so immersed in the film and I saw it with a group of friends that we were all very, we're all sort of of the same similar mindset on war is bad. Don't shoot people. Don't kill people. That kind of thing. And it was so funny because we got out of it. We were talking about how much we loved it. And every time we would say, Oh my God, we loved X, Y, Z. We would follow it up with like, yeah. And also like, you know, fuck the military entertainment complex of it all. (laughs) But great movie but but it's so good yeah it's so good they did an excellent job and i think i don't even have to go about this question do we think it deserved the nomination i mean my hot take is like was it actually a good screenplay or was it just a good movie Ooh, okay okay there's some cheesy ass there's lines some, yeah. in top gun him <laughs> come on like this is not like this was not written by quentin tarantino this shit is cheesy yeah. okay but it's good that doesn't mean it's not enjoyable but, like, I think I would riot in the streets if this won the Oscar. Really? This should not win an Oscar for a screenplay This would be, writing. like, my top, it should like, all of the t- Give it all the technical awards in the universe. It needs to... I hope it sweeps those categories and knocks Avatar out of the water. It 100% deserves all of that. I think it could even win director. I don't think it should win director or yeah. will, but it, it could. The direction was really solid in this movie, and there's some really good acting that I really enjoyed. But the screenplay is not the highlight of this film. And that's okay. Yeah. That's not the point right. of this. When you go to see a movie like this, I'm not coming for the screenplay. The screenplay did what it needed to do. There's some major plot holes in this movie. <laughs> and there's some There's a whole things. moment. And that's There's fine. a whole moment where the character of Phoenix, I could have sworn she died. Because, like, she was in a plane. The plane <laughs> blew up. And the next scene, she's, like... The next scene, there's people who are, like, sad about things. And I was like, oh, my God, she yes. died. And then they turn and, like, she's right there. I'm like, wait, what? Or the fact that Tom Cruise ejects from a plane going, like, mock a million... The dude was going like 35,000 miles an hour in the stratosphere and he manages to parachute down to a 1950s diner, apparently. I don't know. It, but it doesn't matter because it's fun. I, right. Like, I'm not hating on the movie in any way. I'm just saying. Right. There's some holes. Okay. Here. That's fair. That's fair. I would argue yeah. that that is sort of the point, that that is, you know, it's coming I, I from agree. a it cheesy kind of 80s movie and it needs to it keep is. the cheese. And as someone who, you know, I'm a plant-based kid, but I'm a, I'm a, Big fan of cheese. I'm a big fan of tonal cheese. I'm a big fan of I like cheese, cheese in film. Too. I do. Well, I do think it deserves the nomination, but I, I definitely understand your point with like, it's not maybe the best screenplay. It's maybe best in a couple other things. I hope it wins several Oscars. That's where I want to leave. Yeah. That. And I think- And one quick side note too. We all know that Tom Cruise is a Scientologist. We all, you know, that's that's a one thing. And I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that that's nothing because it's not nothing, but- What I want to talk about relative to that is there's been rumors that he has silently left Scientology, and I don't know if those rumors are true or if they're just like a marketing ploy sort of to get him Oscar And good graces. Because the the dude's on a roll, and he He wants Mission Impossible to do really well. Did you see... The promo for the new Mission Impossible. No, did it come out? It ran before what movie? It ran before Avatar in theaters. One of the best promos I've ever seen. It's the dude's riding a motorcycle off a cliff. Oh, shit. For a stunt in the movie. Oh, wait, yes. So it's not even a trailer. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's the best promo. I'm like, I'm going to see that movie. I've seen one Mission Impossible movie. (laughs) Same. I don't care. I will be in the theater to see 
the new Mission Impossible movie because of All that right. promo. Hell yeah, I respect that. Can you imagine? You're one of the biggest, you're one of the most famous men to ever walk this planet, and you are rocketing off the edge of a cliff on a motorcycle. Yeah, I think that's. Incredible. I think Tom Cruise it's probably incredible. dreams of all the headlines that would happen if and when he dies in a stunt. You know, he's probably like, I think he's Tom fine Cruise dies in stunt gone wrong for Top Gun Seven. Like, but I that's he's a great way to that. die. You know, I don't know. It is incredible. All right, so that that's kind of our. Top Gun Maverick. We're going to move on to our final nomination, which is All Quiet on the Western Front. This film is adapted from the 1929 novel of the same name. It's probably Mm -hmm. a a book that we've all read in English class at some point. It's kind of a classic, right? It is. And I I actually am not sure if I've read the book, but I've at least seen a good chunk of the 1930 movie. Because there's a 1930 version of this that won Best Picture at the Oscars. That's a quick turnaround for like a 20s era adaptation from a 1929 book to a 1930 movie. They were like, guys, this is good. We got to do this now. (laughs) Let's go get that budget. It's actually pretty good, too. It's a pretty good movie. And it's long for a 1930 movie. It's like like two hours and 15 minutes long. Damn. That's almost like a third of an Avatar movie. I know. (laughs) How long was Avatar, though, for a second? Three hours? Three hours and, like, 15 minutes? Three hours and 12 minutes. Good God. I mean, normally I'm all for long movies if they deserve it and if the story is enough. And I think in some ways Avatar was, but we'll get to that in a full episode someday. (laughs) So you've seen this one, right? You've seen All Quiet on the Western Front. Yes, I have. Have you seen it? I have not. It's another... Okay. I do have it on my Netflix list, unfortunately. Sure. I've, every time I've gone to my list to choose something, I have gone to rewatch Gilmore Girls for like the fifth time. So yeah, it's that That's vibe. Fair. I actually have a lot of thoughts about this movie. First of all, liked this movie. It was good. And it surprised me. And I'm not a huge war film person. They're fine. I just find them often to be really similar. Oh, yeah. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, yeah. And this movie's a war movie. It's not going to like rock your socks off, but... It was well made, and I watched a really interesting like video essay specifically about this movie and some other war movies about how this is truly an anti-war film Ooh. Uh, in a way that a lot of other war movies think they, they are, but maybe aren't effectively as much. And I think that's probably why I liked it so much. I mean, it's genuinely about how horrific war is and really puts a really interesting lens on especially how unproductive World War One mm-hmm. was. And obviously, this is from the perspective of German sh- soldiers. It's, it's not, you know, uh, it's a, you know, the bad guy perspective, right? Because we are taught as, as people from America that the Germans are bad. Mm-hmm. But this is, you know, innocent German sh- soldiers being shipped into war. In the first, the very beginning of the movie, you see all of these soldiers just get brutally murdered. They wash the clothes that they were wearing, and then they give them to your main character as his new fatigues and he has no idea that somebody died in his clothes and you know that's just how the movie starts and i think Mm -hmm. that says a lot about the overall direction of this movie and what it's saying about war it it was good i liked it it's a little long again it's just another war movie a lot of explosions and dudes dying and sweat and blood yeah but and the color palette's very like gray and dark and it's gray Mm -hmm. i would love to see you know what i say i would love to see a colorful war movie but we literally just talked about top gun maverick which i would consider kind of a war movie it it yeah. kept it like perfectly yeah, it vague, is. so you don't really know all of the details. But you know, it's a it's a colorful war-ish yeah. movie. All right, all quiet on the Western Front. I do want to. I'm allowed see to spoil. Yeah, go I ahead. Will, do you mind if I spoil? Oh, the go end for it for you. So the main character dies in okay. the end, and that's. I mean, that's the point. That's it's in the book in the, the previous movie as well. That's really the point of the entire movie is that your main character dies a very needless death. I think he dies like f- they sign the armistice to end World War One, and he dies 
immediately before they sign it. So he dies like seconds before the world war was over for no mm-hmm. reason. And one thing that the original movie does, the 1930 movie, I don't know if you're familiar with the shot. There's a very famous shot of the main character reaching for a butterfly that he sees in the yes. trash. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's one of our great movie shots of all time. He sees a butterfly and he's so mesmerized by it that he reaches for it and he gets shot and killed while reaching for the butterfly. The ending of this doesn't replicate that, which is fine. Like, how can you recreate one of the greatest movie shots mm-hmm. of all time? But the ending of this is still very impactful, but I, I wanted to give kudos to the 1930s version because that's just like one of our great deaths, one of our great movie deaths. Yeah. I also would say, you know, a slight neutral kudos, should I say, to the current one for not trying to replicate that shot. I think if there's something that's done, and I mean, that's such a, that's such an adaptation thing to try and balance, right? If something in particular is done best before you're making your new adaptation, you, you can't try and replicate it, you know, like you have to, Mm -hmm. you have to either like just not replicate it and do your own thing or I don't know, replicate it and be shit on because yours do is worse. Yeah. Or do it better somehow. <laughs> yeah, no and way. there are ways to do right. things better. But I think that kind of a thing where it's like, there's a perfect yeah. shot. It's very well known to be a perfect shot. Leave it. Like, yeah. don't try and make your yeah. own. But this movie surprised me. I liked it more than I thought I would. And it got hella Oscar nominations. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I think it's one of the most nominated movies. Yeah. This year. How many? Like 10? I think 10 or 11? I think ish. There is, it's like one of the front runners for amount of awards. It's Damn. Crazy. So we could, it could I wouldn't sweep. be surprised if it stole some of the big categories. Hmm. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Could be yeah. one of the sweepers. Do we think it deserved the nomination? I mean, sure. I'm cool with it. After seeing it, I mean, it, it was well done. I think it elevated a lot of what was done in the first movie. Obviously, since we have better technology now, you can make kind of better versions of a lot of things. You know, it, it's in German. So, you know, my overall, it's it's hard when you're reading subtitles, like how well is this really translating for me? Often when you're watching subtitles of a different language, it's hard to really see how effective the translation mm-hmm. is. You know, maybe some gaps there in terms of how the screenplay actually was written. But uh, it was a good movie. I'm fine with it getting a nom. All right. Good to know. And I can't say because, again, I haven't seen this one. Sure. But everything that I've heard, I think it definitely does deserve the nomination. TBD. But, you know, again, the fact that it's also nominated for so many other categories does also feed the fact that it probably did deserve this. Because if it's nominated for so many other things, that movie was well thought out, well taken care of, you know. Yeah. I do want to say, though, it's kind of so I don't know how well versed you are in like the the, uh, international film nomination category but decision to leave was snubbed so hard it was not nominated and decision to leave a hundred percent should not only have been nominated but should win and so it's kind of crazy to me and for some reason it's like the tide shifted and all the left went to all quiet for some reason i don't really know why netflix Um, maybe maybe netflix just marketed it yeah Yeah. netflix just marketed it really well but i wanted to give a shout to decision to leave because decision to leave should a hundred percent be in the conversation and it didn't even get a nomination Hmm. side note did you know that netflix is now partnering with gm for some reason that is very suspicious to me love that yeah i'm just i'm curious to see you know why and what we're gonna get out of that i have some (laughs) questions yeah all right so those are yeah those are all of our nominations for this year's yep oscar award for best adapted screenplay and the last little thing that i want to talk about we mentioned a few of them but are there any films that you think were snubbed for this category 
Hmm. I feel like I need, would need, like, give me your list and then maybe I'll give you some shouts. Yeah. I, like, what constitutes adapted? I'm trying to remember what were, like, sequels and stuff last year. Because there's so a give lot. give me some options yeah. and I'll give you some shouts. So, yeah. a couple that I have on my list were The Good Nurse, which is actually a film that I will be discussing oh, probably right. in a month or so, I think, is when it's going to come out. The Good nice. Nurse. It was interesting because that film came out and then a documentary about the same story came out around the same time, which was a great way to be, like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just great. Like, what's what's the term yeah, for cool. like you're like double marketing something in a sense? Yeah, sure. Something yeah. like that. Dual marketing. That was a great yeah. film. I think I it think was so. very. I think well a couple done. Uh, people went to college with worked on. Uh, yeah, actually, one of them, our mutual friend, is the person that I'm going to be talking with for the episode where I talk about this. Amazing. Yeah, he's got a lot of really cool Love insight that. about how the adaptation process actually worked on set because he was there to witness Amazing. the author being a part of the conversation. And we'll get more into that, but I think that I that's like really to that. cool to be able to talk about and have firsthand experience of. Yeah, that's awesome. So The Good Nurse is one I think that was snubbed. Also, a little bit of a hot take, Pinocchio, the Guillermo del Toro one. You know, that's on my list and I look forward, I'm going to watch that with a friend next week and I'm really looking forward to seeing that movie. So I probably will agree with you that that should get yeah. done because I think I'm pretty hyped to see that movie. Be fair warned, it is a little bit long, but I think it's one of those okay. movies that's long, but because it has so much within it that is important. Sure. So another film that I think was snubbed, The Wonder, starring Florence Pugh. It's on Netflix. It was, oh yeah, mm-hmm. it was exactly what I wanted it to be. And I don't know how how else to say that, but it was like I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, this is kind of funky, kind of interesting. And then as mm-hmm. I was watching it, it was like, I, it, you know, it was like when you when you order something off of the menu and you don't fully know what's in it, but you're like, oh, I can expect that it's going to be like a little bit sweet, a little bit savory or something. And you get there and mm-hmm. it's that perfect balance of a little bit sweet, a little bit savory. And you're like, fuck yes. Amazing. Love that. So the wonder is something. I, that's on my list too. That's another one I haven't seen yet, but I love my girl Flo. So Miss Flo. I would to watch that. Yeah. Miss Flo. Our girl Miss Flo. <laughs> so... I have three more. So another one that I think was snubbed again for this category. Anatomy of a Scandal, actually. I don't know if you've seen that one. I have not. So that one is also on Netflix. Um, I came by that super randomly. It was like, oh, I want to watch something. This looks interesting. Let's go. Anatomy of a Scandal is very loosely about, like, it's British politics, sort of, I think, in modern-ish times. And there's this British politician guy. He's got his perfect wife they live a perfect happy life they have a family whatever and he is accused of something i think he's accused of sexual assault okay and he and we don't we don't know as an audience member at first we don't know if this is true or not so we're kind of like following it and being like he's a bit of our protagonist so we're kind of like oh maybe this is just getting at him and sure but i don't know it's it's crafted very well and then Semi-spoiler alert, he very much committed sexual assaults more than once. And the woman prosecuting him, the trial doesn't work out for them, unfortunately. Like, you know, he succeeds, he gets to get away with it, whatever. But she finds, the, the prosecutor, she finds official new evidence or something that kind of brings it back. And she's like, bitch, I'm going to prosecute you until you fucking die oh. because you are a terrible person and I hate you. And she's involved in a very... I don't want to spoil too much, but she's, I don't even know how to say this movie stuff without like spoiling the whole thing. It's a really good movie. It's very well crafted. It's very well done. The acting is incredible. Love that. I would say Anatomy of a Scandal was a little bit snubbed for this category. It sounds, it sounds like it, a lot of what makes it good would be the screenplay, right? If it's well crafted and the story is told in a unique way. Exactly. Because a lot of it is in just these very minute 
details of the dialogue of sort of these precise mm-hmm. moments and very good. And then we did talk a little bit about the black phone. I personally think the black phone was snubbed. Yes. It was hard to watch, very hard to watch, but I think in sure. a yeah. way that was more was. impactful than it was negative. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen that one. I think uh, Barbarian is a better movie about people being. Oh, and I still haven't seen it, but I know, I know that that's good. Yeah. I need you to watch that. I've had so many people recommend it to me. Like easily top three movie of 2022. Damn. All right. Like literally one of my favorite horror movies ever. I love that movie. Copy that. We'll watch Barbarian. We'll watch Barbarian and I will watch the movies of of this category that I still haven't seen yet. (laughs) And then the last film that I think was snubbed for this category was Matilda the Musical. Have you seen it? I haven't, but I think it's I would really like it. Fun. It's fun. It's very yeah. new. Like I, you know, Matilda, it's a very new adaptation. I've seen the choreo in it and the choreo. Yeah, great. the choreography. And it does the trailer, I think, does not do it justice. I think the trailer makes it look a little dumb okay. and funky, but it, it's it's more funky than it's dumb, if that makes sense. I also think I would like it. I mean, Matilda's great. I love Matilda. I've heard like the Broadway show is fantastic. So it would make sense that they could make this into a fun movie. So hell yeah. But that's kind of all I've got. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have any other fun sort of little Oscar tidbits you'd like to share with us before we sign off? I mean, like I said, I love the Oscars. I'm looking forward to the Oscars this year. I felt like the nominations this year were pretty solid. They are pretty even keeled over the categories. Not a lot of huge, huge snubs. That I'm super upset about. Like I, the the best actress race is very interesting. Familiar with the Andrea Riseborough controversy? <laughs> very vaguely. Wasn't she sort of only nominated because of social media? Basically, there was a really interesting campaign run for her in a way that you know people run for. There's real campaigns that actors and actresses do on behalf of their movies. There's a lot of paid funding that goes in from studios to campaign on behalf of their nominees. And they ran a really weird campaign with Andrea Riseborough for a movie called To Leslie this year that was mildly suspicious and caused the Academy to like legitimately investigate how she got nominated because it happened so strangely. Whoa. Like she almost had her nomination pulled last week and then they decided, oh no, we're good. So her nomination was not pulled, but it was very suspicious and very weird. So that was kind of fun. I like some good drama with my I Oscar do like noms. a good drama. Although a, a non-assaulting drama. I would prefer a non-assaulting drama. Yeah. I don't... Nobody was sexually assaulted, it, it sounds like, in, in this situation. So that's always fantastic. Good. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to the uh, awards uh, this year. They're late this year. They're in March. So we still have a, a little bit to go before we actually get to see who will win this year. But I'm looking forward to it. There's a lot of movies that I really enjoyed. Loved Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yes. Uh, Banshees of Inishirin was really good. I have a friend who worked on Everything Everywhere. So that's pretty cool. Oh. Yeah. Amazing. I, I mean, I love that movie. How could you not enjoy that movie? I thought it was fantastic. So I'd be really excited to see... You know, an indie movie like that winning a lot of awards would be really exciting. I think Michelle Yeoh was awesome, but I'm honestly rooting for Kate Blanchett and Tar because I think yes. the performance in Tar was oh absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we'd be happy if Michelle Yeoh won, but I think what Kate Blanchett did in Tar is is really spectacular and a really incredible performance. Actor, I'm really up up in the air with because I love Brendan Fraser. Love to see him win an Oscar. His campaign. I will say this has been one of the most obvious Oscar campaigns to me ever. Has been everybody being oh, like, yeah, he wants Brendan Fraser's the nicest man in the universe. What a kind man. Okay, but I would like to say though, because we have some friends who worked with him on uh, the Soderbergh movie that oh, won the right, yeah. Detroit. 
and also said that he's like literally the well, nicest person. Well, that is good. I, I'm glad to hear that. With. I'm glad to hear that so, he really is genuinely a nice man. It just, it does feel almost a bit too spot on for them is, to be like, he is the character kind of thing. Yes. Well, and Colin Farrell is like so good in Banshees of Inishir. And I don't know if you've seen Banshees yet, but. Not yet. But that's one of my favorite directors, Martin McDonough. Martin McDonough is amazing. I love all of his movies. Uh, this is a weird one. It's a weird movie, but I liked it. It's on HBO. Yeah. So watch it. Hell yeah. It's really good. Yeah, we've got a ton ton of good but, films coming out this year as well. And yeah, like you said, the indeed. Oscars are in March. We've still got a bit of time. On Movie Theater Butter, we will be discussing a handful of these nominations more in depth, particularly Top we're Gun on. Maverick we're going to be discussing, Glass Onion we're going to be discussing, and possibly All Quiet on the Western Front if we have time before the actual awards. So stay nice. tuned for that. And also, go over to a little podcast called The Nostalgia Pod. Is it The Nostalgia Pod or just Nostalgia Pod? It's Nostalgia, nostalgia Trip. trip. Nostalgia I'm so sorry. Trip. It's still yes. new, but no, there's plenty of the episodes, plug. plenty of stuff for you to dive into. Anna hosts Nostalgia Trip, the podcast. So please go check it out. Go yes. follow. And Thank you. Stay tuned for more from her as well. Yeah. Thanks so much, Kim. It was great being here. I hope to be back soon. Anytime. And we will be in touch because we will have to trade bets for the Oscars. Well, it sounds like that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Movie Theater Butter, a Tilkin Productions podcast edited by Kevin Matthew Keeling of Take the World. If you have a free moment, we'd really appreciate if you like or follow the podcast from wherever you're listening. It'll really help us grow our audience and be able to continue making episodes for you guys. You can also follow us on Instagram for monthly episode schedules, extra content, and even surprise video episodes. All right, all right, I'm done. See you next episode.